Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. For our Savior, Jesus Christ. Even as we've just been singing a song, we give our lives to honor him. Our Savior and our King, Jesus Christ. Born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was raised from the dead into new life. And after he had died on a cross for our sins. And now he's victorious as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He claims victory over death, over Satan and over sin. And today we stand in him and we celebrate his birth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What you are hearing from this story is that the angel of the Lord comes to shepherds. These are shepherds who are in the field and they are busy with their flock, their flock grazing the field, and it's in the middle of the night, we are, so, we are told, and the glory of God comes and shines around them. And all of a sudden, these people are gripped with fear. They are so scared of what they're seeing. They're seeing an angel for the first time, and they are so scared. And the angel of the Lord says, do not fear, because I'm about to bring you incredible news, good news of great joy. Good news of great joy? This are shepherds. What you've got to understand is that shepherds in the first century were not the most noble of people in their, in their place or where they lived. They were cast out. They were outside of the city. They were not living in the city because they, they, their flock would be grazing somewhere outside of the city. They hardly spent time in the city. They were low on the pecking order of society. They were almost like the forgotten ones because whenever there was a Passover, you were celebrating, you were having an incredible time and a feast and everyone was enjoying. The shepherds were never there because they were out with the, in the field. But somehow, they are receiving a message that is going to be great joy that is going to come for all the world because something good is about to happen and something good has burst forth into the history of mankind. And what is that? A child is born. Surely, 
if it is a normal child, you wouldn't have an angel come and tell you that as a child as is born. Surely, if it's a normal child, you wouldn't have an incredible glory shine. I don't know when you were born, you had any, the glory of God shining around the room. I'm sure probably not. But this was a different child. This was a special child that through this child, those who are cast out will be brought in. Those who are forgotten will be remembered. Those who are out there will come in and belong to the, to the inner circle of the kingdom of God. And you know what? That is good news. That is incredible news. But I'm going to draw you to three things today as we look at this story and say, why is it good news? Why is it that this is good news of great joy? Why is it that the birth of Jesus Christ is good news of great joy? And uh, a preacher from America, his name uh, from the 17th, 18th century, his name was uh, Jonathan Edwards. He summarizes this in a most incredible way. And I wish I could summarize it in the way that he does, but I, I won't be able to, but I'll just read what he says. He said, there are three reasons why this is good news of great joy. The first thing is, quoting Romans 8, he said, your bad things, all the bad things in your life will turn out for good. Your good things can never be taken away from you. And the best things are yet to come. Remember that? Your bad will turn for good. Your good can never be taken away. And the best things are yet to come. So what I'm going to bring to you today is this. All the good are going to be turned for good. And the bad will be turned for bad. Secondly, all the great good things will never be taken away from you and will never be lost. That's why it's good news. And lastly, the best is yet to come. What you're about to experience when you receive Jesus, when you come into the kingdom of God, is that what you are seeing now, the joy that you experience now, is nothing compared to what's coming in the future. Let's begin. The bad for good and the good for good. The interesting thing is this. Christianity never denies that bad things happen. Christianity says that a Christian and non-Christian will experience the same kind of suffering, the same kind of sorrow, the same kind of pain. Just because you're a Christian does not mean you won't lose your job. Just because you're a Christian does not mean a car won't crash. Just because you're a Christian does not mean life will be sad. Things will go bad. Just because you are a Christian doesn't mean you won't lose your loved one. Do you see that? Already, a Christian and a non-Christian can experience the same kind of sorrow, the same kind of sadness, the same kind of suffering. But also what it doesn't deny is it doesn't deny that the world we live in is full of sorrow and pain and suffering. The shepherds are there in the middle of the night. It's very cold. Nobody is there. And they're hearing that in the midst of all that, God is going to bring incredible joy. How is that even possible? Let me tell you what. There is a kind of joy that only God can bring that coexists. It can coexist with the pain, with the suffering, with the sorrow that you might experience. But not only that, this is a joy that Joel was referring to. This kind of joy comes into your life, but it's not like happiness where it comes and goes. This kind of joy comes and it resides in you 
and it rests in you, it tabernacles in you, and it never goes away. But this kind of joy can exist even when you're facing sorrow and pain and suffering. But it's not only that, this kind of joy can overwhelm the pain, the sorrow, and the suffering. And that joy comes from Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, you might think, how is that even possible? Joy existing with pain and suffering and sorrow, but this kind of joy has the power to overwhelm and overcome the kind of suffering and pain. What are you saying here? You're not being realistic. Let me make an example. Here is a great example. Ladies, this is the sort of thing that men don't know. They don't understand. When... When a woman is pregnant, pregnancy is not easy, is it? Who's, who would say, dear, it was the easiest thing I've ever had in my life? Surely not. Why? Because you put on more weight, isn't it? And sometimes your, your feet swell up and you feel weary. You feel tired most of the time. Sometimes you have morning sicknesses. There's a lot that's happening, isn't it? I don't want to elaborate further, but in the midst of all that, there is something in you that is resident, and what is the resident thing? Something good is happening. I'm going to give birth to life, and then at the beginning, there's this pain that seems to be growing more and more. But as the pain grows, your pregnancy, all the pains and the weariness and the, 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 the fatigue and everything that is happening, with that, there's this increasing sense of joy that a baby is about to be born. And that somehow, that pain can coexist with this joy that is in you that you're about to have a baby. I see, I'm now used to see Emily when she was pregnant. She will sit there on a chair and the whole time she'll be going like this and looking down and enjoying this moment. And he said, Emily, are you in pain? Of course I'm in pain. But at the same time, I'm experiencing incredible joy because something is about to happen that is exciting. But the thing is, it's not just that, it's for later. Later, you experience extreme pain, isn't it? After the baby is born during labor, extreme pain. I should have put certificate for this talk, maybe 15 and older but you experience extreme pain, but just as you do, all of a sudden, something appears. What is that? The very one you've been expecting to see all along. The baby is born, and literally in your arms, you're holding it, and the joy you could see on the mother's eyes, looking at this baby, that this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, and the joy that overwhelms the pain, and you can say to a lady, you can say, are you still in pain? And there'll be tears running down from her eyes. And you say, are you still in pain? Yes, of course I'm, in still in I'm still in pain. But there is a joy that is so good that is within me that overwhelms the pain. And let me tell you one, Christianity says that that is possible. It says there's a joy that can come into your life that will so overwhelm the pain. Let me make an example here. Imagine two men. These two men... They are both qualified from the same university, from the same institution. They are about a similar age. And they actually, both of them, they decide that both of them are going to look for a job. And they're going to look for a job. And they get a job. They're going to offer a job. And this is a great job for them. Let me tell you why. Because they have to go down into a tunnel. 
and they have to pick up stones. And the tunnel is very dark, and the tunnel is very cold, and they pick up stones. Remember, they're both qualified, same institution, same degree and everything. But you come to the first one, and you say to him, listen, I'm giving you this job. At the end of the month, I'm going to give you, at the end of the year, I'm going to give you 10,000 dirhams. All you got to do is that every morning you wake up and you are here at 9 o'clock and you leave at 5 o'clock, you go into a tunnel, a dark tunnel, you go in there and you pick up stones and you bring the stones up for the whole day. And you go back and you go up, 10,000 dirhams. And then you go to another one, the other one, and you say, the same job, everything the same, but you, you do the same, I'm going to give you 10 million or 10 million dirhams. What is the difference then? The object of their hope, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, when you interview the one who's going to get 10,000 dirhams, what is he going to say? You don't know what I have to put up with. Because every morning I spend time, it's very cold, it's, it's, it's dark in there, I have to go down all the time. What do I get? Just 10,000 dirhams, it's not worth it. Look at my qualification, look at all that I've acquired. This this job is the most boring job in the world. But then you go to the one who's getting 10 million, you know what he's going to say? Easy peasy. All I got to do is get stones and put them out. You know what I end up with? 10 million. I can do this with my eyes closed. At the end of the year, I get 10 million. Do you know what the difference is? They're doing the same thing, they're feeling the same pain, they're feeling everything, but their motivation is different. Because one of them can say, look at my splinters with the stones. And the other one can say, oh, it's just a splinter. It's worth it, considering I've got 10 million waiting for me. What is the difference there? Christianity says, even out of the pain, even after all that you're going through, what you're about to get is something priceless. It's something much more beautiful, and it's worth everything. Give your life to that. And you know who that is? Jesus Christ. He is worth everything, and he is the one who you can give your, your life to. But the interesting thing is this. It's not just working hard. There is something in this world that is so bad that is so painful, it's more painful than anything we we experience. You know what it's called? It's called death. Death is so painful because death means something goes, someone goes, and is never coming uh, back again. And all of us are fearful of this thing called death because it takes our loved ones, for some of us here, I can say that, even this year, you've lost your loved one, and death is something That is so painful for all people. But you know what? The good news is, the very painful thing that is so painful, that is more painful than anything else, Jesus Christ went through it and took the very thing that's so painful, and he said, where is your victory now? And death 
was once and for all swallowed up in victory because Jesus died the death we were supposed to die and he was raised from the dead so that we, when we die, might punch through the hole of death and come through the other side and say we are victorious today in Jesus Christ. The bad thing that was there laid out for me, God is using it. Even the worst thing, death, he's using it for his glory. Because you know what? When we die... There's something better post-death, and that is we get to win either way. We are going to be reconciled with our maker. He turns the bad things for good. Even death is turned for good because God has the power to transform. You might be experiencing a hard time. You might be saying, oh, I'm coming to the end of the year. Let me tell you what. The Bible says God has the power to turn whatever you are experiencing for his glory. Do you know the song? There may be pain in the night, but the joy comes in the morning. He is the only one who is able to bring joy in the morning and turning everything that you're going through for good. But the Bible also tells you that everything good comes from God. The second thing, he turns the bad, the good, the bad for good and the good for good, but also the good will never be lost. What does that mean? Every faith... Every religion around the world tells you that you have to work hard to earn something, to earn the love of the master, the love of the gods, the love of your faith. You have to earn the approval of your gods or your God. You have to go to the temple. You have to sacrifice. You have to fast this many times. You have to do A, B, C. You have to dress up in this way. You have to, then the gods will be happy. They will be happy with you. And maybe they can give you something. The interesting thing is, tomorrow, you will have to do it again. Because you always have to go and please the gods because they're not satisfied. And you spend all your time pleasing the gods. Which means you can be happy today, tomorrow you're sad, and tomorrow you're laboring hard to try and please the gods. But here's the thing. In Christianity, the Bible says... Jesus Christ has worked hard for you. He has done all the hard work. He has gone into the greatest adventure of his death on the cross. This baby has grown up to become a a man who is going to face the cross on our behalf and is going to go through pain and suffering and sorrow so that When he comes before God to represent you, God is pleased. You don't have to work really hard to try and please God. Let me say this. You don't have to labor. You don't have to do anything. God is pleased when you look at Jesus. God accepts you, period. He doesn't accept you today and then tomorrow you have to labor hard to try and be accepted by God. And I know that many of you here today... You feel Christianity is about doing all these things so that God might be pleased? Let me tell you, that's not what Christianity is about. Christianity is about look at Jesus, put your faith in him. He is the only one who could please God. And when he's pleased God, you are loved and you are accepted forever. And that love and acceptance can never be lost. It's something that you get given and can never be lost. Because we live in the world where everything, as we heard last week, everything that you get expires. You know that, right? You can buy the most amazing car today, and it's new, spanking you. You can look at it, and it's so beautiful. You can see yourself in, in the car because it's so shiny and so polished. You wait two years, someone will be looking at a car, 
the very new car that was new two years ago, they'll be saying, you want me to buy this? This is old. This is bad. This is not good. What about, what about your job for two years? It's exciting. This is the best career ever. And later you are depressed. Is anything, the Bible says that the world is decaying. Everything that we see around us, it satisfies us today, but tomorrow we feel sad again, isn't it? Everything that we see around us, it can be a relationship. This is the best relationship I've had. It's going really well. We are connecting. All of a sudden, the person is no longer there. We live in a world where things expire. There's a sell-by date. Things are gone. They were here today. Tomorrow they are gone. It feels as though everything is rusting away. Remember what Jesus said? Do not store your treasure where moth and rust can steal and destroy. There's a treasure. Where is it? In heaven. Wait, you don't have to get a fix for today and tomorrow is gone. My, my father used to smoke weed. Okay? And what used to happen is this. He will smoke weed and he will be high. Okay? Today he will be high. Because why? He's got weed. He wasn't a believer. He's got weed, he's high, he's excited, he is so excited. But then he runs out, tomorrow he doesn't have anything. He's the most miserable man in the room. Why? Because he hasn't got his fix. You might laugh, but actually, it might be that your life is like that, that you have today, the happiness that you have today, and it's something that you give your life to, and you think it's going to give you all the happiness, but the bad thing is tomorrow is gone, and you're searching for happiness again. Everything, all that is material, whatever you have, today is the thing. Tomorrow is expired. Whether it's a nice iPhone, today when it comes out, you line up in the shopping mall, you're looking for it, tomorrow you don't even want to see it again, isn't it? That's what life is like right now. But hey, let me tell you, there's something else that never expires, and that is the love of God. It is always there, it's permanent, and when you get it, it will never be taken away from you. It will never be lost. Because God says, it doesn't matter what it is. It will never separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, this is what it says here in Romans 8. Let me read it. It says, what shall separate us from the love of God, of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Shall distress? No. Shall persecution? No. Shall famine? No. Shall nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, even death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor authorities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation. Paul has run out of things to mention. He says, anything else in all of creation, nothing will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. What you have now, the good, which is the love of Jesus Christ, the acceptance of Jesus Christ will never be lost. That is the good news of Christmas. And lastly, what you, the good is yet to come. You think you have it? You think this is the most exciting? What you have now is a foretaste of what is yet to come. <laughs> a man called J.R. Tolkien's once wrote a paper, which I was reading this week, and this paper is an incredible paper. Let me tell you why. Because he is writing about 
It's called On Fairy, fairy Stories. He's writing about fairy tales. And he says, why is it that man loves fairy tales so much? Why is it that most of you will go to Dubai Mall and watch some science fiction or watch some fairy tale or watch, who watched Frozen? A lot of you went to watch Frozen. Who's going to watch Star Wars? Who's going to watch Spider-Man? Why is it that you love that? Why is it that you, you know why? Because in those movies, let me tell you, in those movies, speaks of something that deep in your heart you are longing for. Deep in your heart you wish it were true, but you know it's not true. Do you know what they call forever young? Because we're all aging, and then we go to the makeup place and the makeup artist, you say, make me look young as ever. Why? Because in me there's a desire to look just as young as I was a few years ago. And obviously, I spend lots of money to do that. And the movie that I'm going to watch is about this princess who looks young forever, isn't it? And you, you know that forever young. And also, they live happily ever after. And it's this love story that never ends. It just goes on and on. But we know that's not a reality, isn't it? But there, it just seems to be the reality. What's going on here? We long for that deep in our hearts. And also, you watch this thing of people zooming into other planets and engaging with different planets and all of a sudden they're aliens. That's why we want to build on Mars. You know why? Because we are discovering, we think there's aliens, there's life out there, we want to get out of time, we want to experience something that's different that we've never experienced before. Oh, the other thing that we, lo we love is those characters that never die. You know, they are there, and you try to shoot them and kill them, but they never die. They're always going to be there. Why is it that we love those kind of stories? And Reynard is probably thinking, this is me. And, but also, imagine you watch one of those stories, and then all of a sudden, the bad guy comes against the good guy. And you are thinking, this is the moment when the movie now... It's got to happen. This is, the, this is the peak of the movie. This is the peak of the film. Imagine everyone switches off this. They switch the screen off and they say, that was the end of the movie. Thank you very much. What are you going to do? You're going to want your money back. Why? Right? Why do you want your money back? Because the story never ends like that. Because the villain, the bad person, has to be defeated. Why? Because there's a longing in us for something we haven't seen yet, but something that is real in Christianity. What does it say? Tolkien says, when you read the Christian story, the fictions are telling you, the reality of the Christian story is that what you are reading about fictions and thinking, this is too good to be true. Christianity tells you that is so true in the kingdom of God. Because what you get is, you get outside of time, you escape death, you engage with non-humans, you speak with angels, with beings that you've never spoken to before, not aliens. You find love, which is perfect and can never be taken away. Where is that? In Jesus Christ. And finally, good will triumph over evil. That is the story of Jesus Christ. And that story is, number one, the good, the bad will turn for good. Number two, the good will never be lost. The love you have in Christ will be there forever, and nothing can separate you from that. And lastly, the best is yet to come. The restoration of all things. You think you can't play um, 
You think you can't play basketball because you're too short, Joel? The moment is gonna come when you will be able to do it. Because why? A renewed, restored body is gonna come where you'll have a great body that's gonna be very, very adventurous and do the things you never could be able to do. You know how? A baby was born who made those things possible. And his name is Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. But what does that mean for us? So what? If that's the case, so what? If this is the case, therefore, if you are not in Jesus, if you have not given your life to Jesus, it's important that you take this chance to come to him so that you might be included in the story. Do not harden your heart. The story is getting more exciting. But if you are a Christian here, just close your eyes right now. I just want to read this passage. Even as you go into 2020, there's good news for you. You might be experiencing pain. Good is coming. You might be in totality of good is coming. There's a restoration that's coming. If this is true, that this is good news, if you are a Christian here today, therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Everything you've been doing, what has been happening in 2019 is not, is not in vain. What's going to happen in 2020 is not in vain. Let's keep advancing the gospel. We are going to two meetings next year. We are pushing ahead. Why? Because our story is great and our story is exciting. I just want to pray. Just close your eyes where you are. We're going to minister communion. And um, can I just get people to just bring those uh, tables and put them to the center here? Just close your eyes. I just want to pray as, as the team are doing that. Just close your eyes where you are and just reflect where you are with Jesus. Has pain knocked you out of the race? Has suffering and sorrow, problems, issues that have swamped you, taken you away? Have they taken you out? God wants to restore you. And he said, the best is yet to come. Have you forgotten the love of God? Do you feel unloved today? God wants to say to you, I love you with an everlasting love. Before the world began, I've loved you and I will always love you. And the future is just so exciting. But I just want to say, just with your eyes closed, if you are here today and you don't know Jesus and you've not received Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior, and you heard me talk about Jesus, the one who brings this incredible eternal joy that can never be taken away from me. If you are here today, and that is you, I would like you to just raise up your hands because I want to pray with you. If you say, I've heard the story, but I've not received Jesus in my life as my great Lord and Savior. If that's you, just raise up your hand. 
He said, I don't know Jesus. I've not accepted him. There's one hand. I can see that. Thank you so much for lifting your hand. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Two hands. Lovely. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Ladies, I would love to pray with you. Even as we administer communion now, what I would love to do is um, I would love to pray with you. Can we just applaud the Lord for those who want to give their lives to Jesus? Can I ask us to come out now as we break bread together? I'm going to pray for you. Just come out for you, ladies. Come and see me. Let's come out to take bread and wine, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to worship and enjoy God. Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church.